Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, the episode on how to get unstuck. Um, I'm liking this one here, Aaron, because uh, you know it's a sales show, it's a business show, and we, we're in this game every single day and it's a fun game, but I find that when we get feedback from the show, we get the best feedback from our listeners who say, hey, it was that episode that wasn't even about business or sales that helped me do fill in the blank that you guys shared this story about or this technique or this tip on peak performance or something that really made me think, and that's what we're talking about here today, is how to get unstuck, how to identify blind spots, which is a biggie, and we have a couple little techniques and tips for you that will absolutely help you do that. So should be fun today. We, uh, we started talking before the show <laughs> about Scottie Pippen coming out and blasting Michael Jordan for how he was unfairly portrayed in the documentary, The Last Dance. So do you think that this is a PR move? <sighs> and by the way, bit. I don't have I mean, context yet. I haven't dug into what actually happened. Well, you, you might want to fill me if, in here if, on the show and fill others in. For our viewers and our listeners, if you have not watched The Last Dance, yeah. you are missing out. Which it's, I think is, you can catch it on Netflix? Is it, yeah. is it a Netflix or an Amazon Prime? Yeah. I watched it on Netflix. Okay. I don't know where else it's it streams. But. I remember watching it when it was on ESPN, like seven Sundays in a row or something in, in real time. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it in real time as well. And it basically goes through the last year of the Chicago Bulls run yeah. when the the little, uh, the, 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 the GM with small man syndrome wanted to pull it apart because yes, he wanted attention. Yes, that's right. And small man syndrome. <laughs> Part of the uh, the the issue or that Scottie Pippen takes issue with is that Michael was paid for the documentary. None of the other teammates were. Is that right or no? It's true. Yeah, he was paid ten million for it, and is no that other teammates. Fact, man, this guy is like a magnet to money. I mean, every time he moves, it's ten million here. I mean, today, even the shoes today, the Jordan shoes today, I feel like they're more popular than ever. I see everybody wearing these. Absolutely. Yeah, he's still, I think, the highest paid athlete in the in the world or in the, the NBA. The highest paid athlete is and, not even an athlete anymore. <laughs> yeah, and he's not an athlete anymore. That's right. He's, I think he's still the highest paid in the NBA when you look at all the stuff. Right. And and Scottie Pippen was not portrayed well. Michael Jordan said he was the be best teammate he ever had. You know, he was an awesome guy, whatever. But he did point out the fact that you know Scottie Pippen didn't get off the bench at the end of the game one time because the the shot wasn't drawn up for him and. He didn't get a surgery repaired over the summer like he should have because he didn't want to ruin his vacation over the summer. He did he did some things that were very costly to the team. He was a bit of a big baby. And 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 he was also a bad business person. He signed one of the most underpaid contracts in the history of the NBA. Like Scotty right? made like one twentieth what Michael Jordan did because he was a bad business person. But he seems to be that person that can never take any re personal responsibility for what happened. He always has to point the finger, point the finger. So now he's written this tell-all, you know, book, biography, whatever, where he's just blasting Jordan and saying that he's, you know, that he was this bad person that never gave anybody credit and blah, 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 blah. And, and I think that it, we can tie it into today because you're stuck because of you, Right. When you can't take personal responsibility for where you're at, 
it's very difficult to empower yourself to make changes. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of my favorite quotes when I first got started in business was from a, a guy that was much older than I was. And he said, every time you want to point a finger at somebody, think about all the bad things that have happened in your life. They all have one common variable. And that's that the same person was at the scene of the crime every time. <laughs> that's good. I've not heard that. And I was like, it just stuck with me forever because I was like, oh, man, that's true. Does anybody like, ever I, stop and go, who, 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 who do they mean? Who's that person that was always at the scene? I actually there, have there's had, no a couple, I have had a couple people go, who was that? And I'm Wait, like, you're dumb. Sorry. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> if they say who was that, then you know you got a broken person <laughs> on your hands, right? They just kind of missed the whole lesson there, right? Right. And the thing is, is if you don't – like here we're, we're going off on a little bit of a tangent to start the show. If you can't take extreme responsibility, Jocko Willink has a great book called, you know, I think it's called Extreme Ownership. Extreme Extreme Ownership, you know, how Navy SEALs dominate, right? If you can't take extreme ownership and responsibility for where you're at today, what you're actually doing is you're giving away your power to fix it. You're saying it's the economy, it's the government, it's my competition, it's my team, it's my staff, it's my name name your problem, right? Right. It's my family. You know, it's my health, whatever, whatever variable you come up with that, that is the problem. When you, when you, when you point a finger at these things being the issue, you disempower yourself. When you say it's my business, it's my company, I've clearly created the problems by doing or not doing something, then you re-empower yourself because you say, well, if I'm the one who caused the problems, then I'm the one who can fix them. Right. 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 So taking extreme responsibility is not about beating yourself up over things. It's it's about empowering yourself to then go and make the changes that are necessary. Yep. Agreed. Right. And so when you're unstuck, don't look externally. Or when you're stuck, you mean? When it, sorry. We're gonna show you how to get unstuck. When you want to get unstuck, when yeah. you are stuck, right? Don't look externally. Look internally first, and say okay, clearly I'm doing something I shouldn't be or I'm not doing something I should be. How how can I empower myself to fix this? Because I'm the one who's in control. Another question, could I be the bottleneck? Right? There's a question, ask yourself, could I be the bottleneck here in this particular spot that we're unstuck? We'll talk about a couple spots in a minute. But that's a good question to ask yourself is, am I in the way? And as a business owner, most of you are business owners watching this, a lot of times, we get in the way of success or we get in the way of selling or we get in the way of the money. And sometimes we can we can deter sales or we can deter progress. And yeah, that's I something mean, that I, you I, have to always, in my view, be as a business owner, as a peak performer, as an athlete, whatever, you always have to be hyper aware of the situations you're in. So awareness is to me is a is like an art, right? A lot a lot of people today have just horrible awareness, situational awareness. They're just kind of making decisions on the fly. Right, they're not very present, and and it's like, you're like, what what is that person thinking? Right, it's like they don't have awareness. Well, and and I know that that what you, the point that you just brought up is is a really good point because I think when you're an entrepreneur, m- most businesses you'll start are small one to two three man shows, right? And so when you start these these one to two three man shows, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah, you do. And because you wear a lot of hats you get familiar with the basic things that need to be done in multiple departments, right? And then because you think you understand the basic things, you think you know what you're doing, right? When the reality is, is that a business at 
$100,000 a year is not the same as a business at a million a year, is not the same as a 10 million at 100 million at a billion, right? And as the business continues to grow, you're out of your depth, okay? Because you probably don't know how to run marketing, you know, at a million or 10 million or operations or whatever. And I went through it myself. I had multiple businesses where I wore too many hats and specifically in the operational side, I let a lot of things fall through the cracks because I don't like operations. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't in the process of trying to make them better consistently, but I wouldn't go hire somebody who loved doing operations, who was better at it than me because I was like, oh, I don't want to invest that money or I can do it better than them. Or, so right there in that scenario, you're stuck. I was stuck, you're absolutely stuck. stuck. Mm -hmm. And I actually had a couple companies that went up to like, you know, 10 million a year and I kept wearing the hat that I shouldn't be wearing and it cost me, mm. right? So then once I learned I don't like operations, just because I know enough to be dangerous doesn't mean I should be doing it. Then I started to bring in operational help, which we'll talk about it because one of the points in here. And I went and I focused on my zone of genius, which is in creation, promotion, um, marketing, math, you know, over in that area. And, and I brought in experts to deal with, and it just unlocked an unlimited scale yeah. in my, I was the roadblock in That's that. what I meant before is, is, are you the bottleneck? I was and the bottleneck. And listen, sure. we, we talked about this last week, I think, I don't know where we went off topic last week about, we've talked about numbers in the last episode and kind of owning that, right? So it's along yeah. the same lines of, it, it, sometimes it's tough to admit to piggyback off last last episode. It's tough to admit sometimes that you're the bottleneck because that sometimes insinuates that I'm screwing things up and nobody wants to be the one that screws things up, right? So I said in the episode last week, I said, you know, it really takes a big person to take ownership and responsibility of maybe the fact that you don't know your numbers. We were talking about that last week. Well, here we are again. It takes a big person and it takes some courage and it takes some leadership and you're going to need to step up a little bit to realize that, hey, I'm in the way here. I'm the bottom. Like Aaron, perfect example. In our company, Pipeline Pro, Pipeline Pro is our software platform that drives this TV show. I was like, Aaron, I'm not an operations guy. I'm not really good with overseeing fulfillment. I mean, I kind of know enough to be dangerous, like you said earlier, but I actually had you come in and install your process and you made it way better. Did I tell well, you? And here's the have I told thing. you that yet? And, he, and oh, <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah, but here's the funny thing. That and I'm like, oh man, that, wow, it freed me up. It's like. But that wasn't my process. That was the process I paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for people to build over the last three years because I finally admitted I'm not good ah, at that. So I leveraged you, but you leveraged someone else. Or, exactly. Or something else. I would not have been able to come with that solution without having this realization that I'm not good at this and having invested hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last right. couple of years and built. So all I was doing was just transitioning what somebody else had put together for me into another business, yep. which is a whole nother topic of leverage that you get to create when you when you create great teams and great systems, but right? The point I want to make there, you know, from my standpoint, is I I felt like I was a bottleneck. So to my mm -hmm. to my original point here, and I wasn't insulted by the, by me saying I was because I'm like you, I am more of a promoter, marketer. I'm better with funnels and sales process than I am with operations and fulfillment. But right. I could do it if I had to because really good entrepreneurs, they can wear, wear a lot of hats and they can plug holes, but they might not be serving the company best for long in an area that they're not strong in. That was an area that, frankly, I'm not strong in 
at all and I'm not comfortable in it. I don't really like much. So we installed a different process, as you mentioned, led by you. And it allowed me to go do the things I'm better at to grow the company bigger and better ultimately. See, so pivoting positions and getting out of the way sometimes doesn't mean you're inadequate and it doesn't mean that something's wrong. It just means that you want to grow faster and you don't have an ego and you don't have attachment to it and you don't have emotion in it. You just know that, hey, I got to get out of the way here. It's not my time here. I mean, think about athletes. I always resort back to athletes. At some point, really good athletes go, you know what? By me thinking I can keep playing at this level, I'm actually holding the team back. So I'm going to take a step back. Maybe I go to second string quarterback. You know, maybe I don't take as many reps, right? I mean, taking a step back sometimes is... I would give a more relevant example like this. I can't tell you, because I've worked with a lot of fighters, as you know, in the UFC over the last 10 years. I cannot tell you how many of them, their performance goes through the roof the moment they stop cooking for themselves. Good example right there. One little bottleneck, right? They're the bottleneck. They don't understand nutrition. Mm -hmm. They don't have the time. They don't have the skill. All of a sudden, they bring in a a, a chef that specializes in athletes, right? The bottleneck is now removed and their performance goes through the roof. Recovery, endurance, muscle mass, all of it, right? Because they just, they're, but they're all going, well, I can cook. I mean, I know how to eat. Do you? Really? One of the athletes I worked with. I, but, what I, if, but what if you could remove that energy? Like that energy didn't have to go there now is the key. So there's an energy that, play here too, right? Like you don't even have to exert the energy on thinking and preparing now. So what does that allow? What does that free up? We only have so much energy. It absolutely. frees up so much more energy to go be the athlete. I, I will share an example with you, and you are going to laugh because some people will know this person on our show, right? So when I started working with Daniel Cormier, who is now has been two-time world champion, he's now the 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 announcer for Fox and has his own show, and he's an awesome, awesome guy, right? When I first met him, I said, "Tell me about what you eat." on a daily basis, because I had my nutrition company at the time. He said, well, I don't really eat all day because I'm in the gym all day long. So I just drink Red Bulls. So I have six Red Bulls through the day, and then I get home and I cook up about a pound of ground beef and a, and a rice cooker full of rice, and I eat all of that, and then I pass out. And I just looked at this guy and it was like, how did you become an Olympic athlete? Like, how were you, With that think system. about what he just said. Cat, what a metabolic disaster going, I eat no food all day, training eight hours a day, and then I eat a pound of ground beef and rice, and I drink six Red Bulls a day, right? Yeah, it's very, it's, it's almost juvenile, right? It's almost like, like, this is like a, like a high school kid would do, or, right? Or exactly. it's like a college kid would do this. So we had to take that away from, okay, you're no longer allowed to cook for yourself because you're a disaster, right? And we're changing all of this. And instantly the performance got better, Right. This is happening in your business too. There's things that you think you're doing well, but you're just, it's not your fault. You're just not good at them. And here's the craziest thing is you may look at things and say, well, nobody wants to do that. So I'm just going to do that myself because nobody wants to do that. One of the most eye-opening things for me in the last three years, Andrew, was when I started building, for example, the operations team, there are people in my team that get off on making standard operating procedures and documents. They geek out on improving processes and 
like this is their like thing. Like where you and I get excited about everybody like, has coming up thing. with an idea, yeah. making a sale, you know, that we get hyped up on that stuff. They get excited about making processes. They're and in, whatever, they're in their lane, do. Aaron. They're in their lane. Great. They're they in their lane. It. They let, not only are they better at doing it, they love it. And there's people out there that would love doing the things that you don't like to do. Legitimately love it. Right. Tell you another funny one before we get into these points here is do you remember when Steve Jobs was Steve Jobs and he was taking mm-hmm. the stage and rolling out mm-hmm. iPhone after iPhone and iPad after iPad yep. and speaking a lot on CNBC and big – I mean he was like the guy at one point. Yep. Right. When Apple was really making its trajectory. Do you ever notice this close? I'm asking you trivia here first. Hmm. Think back now. Don't go looking online. Don't go Google and Steve Jobs. If you Google him, you're going to see exactly what I'm, what I'm saying here. But do you remember his close? It's an important lesson not. here. I do not. You don't remember his close. Do you remember that he never wore anything different? Yeah, he always wore that black turtleneck. There you go. Glasses. So he always wore black shirts. This is the key here. Oh, jeans. Do you I remember his clothes? I thought you meant his clothes, like how he closed like demonstrations. Oh, like clothes. No, clothes with the TH. Clothes. Yes, his clothes. His attire, sure. I should say, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. he always wore a black shirt. Could have been right. a T-shirt if it was the summer. Would have been a long sleeve shirt. Maybe turtleneck, like you said, if it was the winter. And a pair of jeans. Yeah. This is it. Now, if you look at his closet, his closet was lined with about 30 T-shirts, black, 30 long sleeve shirts, black. The same pairs of jeans lined up. You know why he did it this way? Because he knew he only had so much energy in the day and he never wanted to give energy to thinking about what he was going to wear. So he he wore only a black shirt and only a pair of dark blue jeans. And he didn't have to think about what he was going to wear. He wore this every single day. Right? Just one, one example. Forever. Right, It's like your cooking example. Like yeah. one less thing that he needs to think about is clothes because it's the same uniform, so to speak, every single day. Same with, with Cormier. The cooking's out of the way because I have a chef handling it. Same with operations. The operations is out of the way because I have an operations manager. So what happens is that energy gets shifted into higher production, higher revenue producing type activities. Now, if Steve Jobs did that with his clothes, I can only imagine the other things he must have done it with or, Would have or been what insane. I see. Just boxed himself in. I don't know if he did it with food. I only I didn't get past the, the clothing thing. But isn't that interesting? Yeah, and, and Mark Zuckerberg did the same thing for a long time. He wore uh, flip-flops, shorts, and a white T-shirt. He was notorious for it every single day. Belichick, uh, by the way, same way with the Patriots with this hoodie. Yeah. Right? He has that, that reputation of not changing. And again, for these guys, it's because they don't want to think about it. No, they want to be hyper-focused on their zone of genius. Exactly. Exactly. So brings me to the points here today. How do you get unstuck? We're all stuck. And we're going we're gonna to relate the first one here specifically to sales because it's a sales show. But oftentimes when you get stuck selling or you get stuck not making enough sales, there's probably some breakage somewhere in the sales process. And one of the first things you can do to get unstuck is you need to remove yourself from the business and go become a prospect. Go get a new email address, go get a new physical address, go create a new name, whatever it is for you, and go play prospect. Go sign into your webinar, go call your company, go sign in to download the free report, go to your corporate site, get on the live chat, do look everything. At it on, you, look at it on desktop. Look, look at, at it on, on desktop. Mobile, right, on right, like phone. Literally take yourself through it, not as the company owner now but as a prospect who is interested in maybe becoming a customer and take notes. Literally, when I'm deconstructing a sales process or a sales funnel, like before we take something live, I go buy it. 
I literally go buy it. I don't even do a, a pretend buy, Aaron. I buy it and then I'll just have my team credit me the money back. So I'll go buy the $100, $200, $300 thing. I'll let all the emails hit. I'll let the phone calls happen. I'll see how I feel. I'll make sure there's nothing off with the text. Is the video saying the right thing? Oh, nope, this is off. I make a note over here. Oh, you know what? That email didn't fire on time. I make a note over here. Oh, you know what? Email three wasn't set the right way to go out on day five. It went out on day seven. Like I'll literally sit there. It, it took three days for the salesperson to call me back. Yeah, it, not, not not our salespeople, by the way, but no, yes. But no, no, <laughs> you'd be but, like, yeah. we, get we the had, point. We had a client that's in the dentistry space where we did everything to get them the leads they wanted and they had a sales team and the sales team made one call to the person who wanted a $10,000 service of veneers or implant. One call on average 48 hours later after the person submitted. I said, you're gonna go broke. So here's the thing though, to that point, right? So if, if, if the owner of that business had not played prospect and let that roll for months or even years like it happens at times, mm -hmm. then he's stuck and he doesn't know why he's stuck and he thinks everything's running smooth. So, so pillar number one here, how to get unstuck, as it pertains to sales, is you need to become a prospect. You need, to, you need to really become a prospect and play it through and maybe even let your team pitch you, sell you, attend the webinar, whatever your process is to sell, whether it's getting on a discovery call, attending a webinar, whatever it is, just go through that whole thing and you'll be surprised at how many little holes you can plug to get something unstuck in the sales process. And by the way, Aaron, the reason I, I, I say this one first is you'd be surprised how few do this. When I tell a client, or I tell someone in our coaching group to go do this, they're like, wow, that's a great idea. Never would have thought to do that. You don't think to become your own prospect. It's not a normal thought. You don't think to go set up a brand new email address and, and, and sign into your site and, and, and check out the follow-up and make sure everything is dialed in the right way because that's the only way you're going to really notice mistakes. You could have somebody do it for you right, and record it, maybe take some Loom videos along the way. That's a good idea as well, but you should do it if you care about the longevity of your company and how the customer or the prospect feels coming through. So that's number one. Agreed. And there, you have a quote somewhere about something along the lines of you can only improve what you, what you focus on or something. You had it posted in your social the other day. And, and that's, that's the thing is like, if you don't actually focus on your own process, it never improves. And you're never. always going to find ways to improve it. And, it. and listen, it's easy to get off of it too because you get busy. Things are going really well and you're like, oh, everything's running. I'm guilty of it. Once in a while, I'm like, man, things are running so smooth. I don't even look at it. But really, I should look at it more than I do. And you should too. Yeah. And I would look at it once a month. Minimum. 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 I mean, once a week if you're really just if getting going. If everything's going. going great, okay, once a month, you know, is but, it, but, but make it a consistent thing because then it's not something that's going to, you know, fall out of the, to the wayside and exactly. so on and so forth. Yeah, but if you're, mean, listen, if lock, you're lock it in. Maybe every single Monday you go through your sales process or every single Monday you sign into your site. You just make sure there's no breakage because there's tech at play as well. So that's okay. number one is from a sales standpoint. Number two is if you don't have a second set of eyes on your stuff, on you as a person, on you, you as a business owner, on you as an athlete, entrepreneur, whatever, and when I say second set of eyes, I mean third party, someone who is objective. They don't have any skin in the game. We're talking about a coach or a consultant here. If you don't have that structure in your life, it's going to be very problematic, right? You look at the best athletes in the world, the top CEOs in the world. They have coaches, consultants, advisors with an S. They rarely have one and they have them in different areas of their life. And it's one of the ways they continue to have someone else identify blind spots so they can move faster in life, whether it be with business, whether it be with physical fitness, whether it be with relationships, 
they, we all, we don't know what we can't see at times. And when somebody sees it for us, we go, wow, I, I didn't even realize that was happening. How many times do you say, I didn't even realize that was happening when someone brings something to your attention? All the time because we're human, right? All honestly, the time. Honestly, every client that comes to me that is trying to decide whether or not they want to engage with us, when they show me their stuff, I've got eight, nine things right in the initial strategy session where I'm like, you but I bet, I bet most of them aren't seeing it. And they don't see it. And whether they get started with me or not, the amount of value they get off it is tremendous because I go, well, this is what's doing this and this is what's doing this and this is what's doing. They're like, wow, right? And that's just that second set of knowledgeable eyes. And and there's, I think where the challenge comes for a lot of entrepreneurs is because we're so prideful and we're, you know, a little bit yeah, delusional. Yeah, for sure. It, you know, we, it, it, it's it's what I said earlier too. Like sometimes we don't want to, we don't, we, we're almost insulted by what we don't see. Yeah. And, and for those people that are thinking, well, like I don't need a, co a consultant, I don't need a coach, I don't need a whatever. One of, one of the clients that we have this week that we were talking to, she's a senator in Illinois, right? Most people would assume when you reach senator status, you've probably eclipsed needing a consultant or a coach. Nope. She meets twice a month with her coach, spends $500 an hour, works on whatever she's working on, and she loves it, right? Because there's because there's there's all these things that can be seen and there's always a next level, right? So if you're saying to yourself, I don't need it, I don't need another set of eyes, I don't need a consultant, we're back to you being the roadblock again because you're wrong. Bottleneck. Right? You're the bottleneck, right? Because you're wrong. And it will save you a ton of time and money. Yep. yep. And listen, that brings me to you know, the whole mental, the, 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 the mental health thing, right? I mean, I would say today more than ever, 18 some odd months into COVID, that there's probably more mental health challenges and more feeling of stuckness, I would say, than at any point in history. Arguably, maybe since the Great Depression. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I don't I know. Maybe there's just more awareness of it. I'm not sure. Well, you know, there's more of it. I mean, the cases of the, the mental health cases due to, the, due to COVID I'm talking about, right? More people are, oh, okay. are, are, are struggling mentally. With mental health, legitimate mental health issues because of the stress of COVID, more so today than ever. So if if getting mental health help, which is really a good thing to do, is going to free you up and make you feel more liberated and lighter and get stuff off your chest, it's going to carry into business with you being more productive, more positive, more alert, more efficient, right? So this is, again, second set of eyes, coaching, consulting, mental health, counseling, whatever you want to call it. it therapy. It, 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 therapy. Whatever word there is. You got to be okay with all those words because it is valuable for sure. And it spills into all areas of your life. If you can get stuff out of the way that you don't see, these are the blind spots. It's not always in business. It's sometimes in your personal life as well, which spills into business, right? I mean, well, it's and, very and easy to get it. stuck personally. You were a big football guy. So we'll use football as the analogy, right? Top, let's go. And you were a wide receiver. So we'll talk about wide receivers, right? Let's talk about a... Let's talk about a, an Amari Cooper level wide receiver or a, an Odell Beckham or a, a Cooper Cup, right? Mm -hmm. How many people does that organization have coaching that elite athlete? I can think of a, I can think of a few right off the bat, but you, because you played football, you would know even better than me. How many different people are touching that elite athlete to maximize their performance? Uh, you talking like from an overall coaching staff standpoint, or, all of or it. for all that one, or for staff, that one guy as a staff, receiver, all of it. 
Uh, it's a lot. I mean, the, 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 you have a couple of tiers. So you have the actual coaches. So you have coaches, assistant coaches, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, position, position coaches. So that wide receiver so right is five. The coaches overall, but his, who's touching him directly. You have the offensive coordinator, the position coach, which would be the wide receivers coach. Then you have strength coaching and speed coaching. And some of these guys at the highest levels, there is sports psychiatry, right? Yep. So there's mental, right? There's a lot of different... Somebody like a Brady who brings in his own team on top of it. He's been doing it for 10 years with his TB12 method, which, you know, brought some friction to the Patriots at one point, right? They're doing one thing. He's doing another. He's doing their thing, but he's doing more, right? So there's probably four or five or six different individuals, like you said, touching that one position player in a given week easily. Right. And success leaves clues, right? Is that, you know, and, and beyond that, you know, like LeBron James said he, he spends a million dollars a year on nutrition and massage therapists, right? So that's like two more things, right? On top yeah, of that's, things, that's right. Right? So That's your body coach, Tom calls it, right? The body coach. Yeah. So if you're looking to become elite, and you got to understand that we, we use sports analogies a lot because businesses and sports are, are very similar. Very similar. Right? If you want to be elite, just look at what elite people do. Right, elite people tap into expertise to allow them to keep raising their game. They don't just sit there on an island to themselves and say, "I know everything. I'll figure it out." No, they're they're cutting that timeline down. You know, you know so yeah, if you're I'm... stuck, talk to some people that are experts in their field that can help you get unstuck. Don't bottle it up. Because you're definitely going to get stuck, especially in the high stakes game of being a business owner or an entrepreneur. You're going to get stuck. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get overwhelmed. But if you bottle it up and you keep being on an island and playing that game solo, bad idea. I mean, you will you will pop. You'll be like a balloon. You'll only you'll eventually burst. Yep. By the way, you just reminded me I have my massage tonight. So you just made my day. <laughs> like don't you do Fridays at 2 p.m. or something or 3 p.m. every um, other Friday? Or I, something? My girl took a little bit of a break. So I've you had burnt to do her out? Sort of sporadically, you know, I got one last week, which was great. You know, I try to get at least one, one per week. Um, but it's funny that you just brought that up because she's back in the groove and I need to get her back scheduled for Fridays at 2 PM. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tonight, man. I'm about every, you're every week. Yeah. Wow. That's aggressive. I'm, a, I'm like every two to three weeks. Though. I should, I should get to the weekly. But I've anyways, got, every week I have a personal trainer. I have a Cairo to do dry needling, adjustments, deep tissue massage. I've got my regular massage, and now I'm actually working into getting all my meals prepared for me daily and just cutting that completely there out you of go. my life. So, so there we go, right back to what we started with, which was freeing up energy on things you'd have to think about and plan that you no longer have to think about and plan. But man, yeah. I got to tell you, 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 you just motivated me. I mean, I thought I had a pretty tight regimen. You're like rocking like a Tom Brady regimen over there, making me kind of yeah. look, geez, I got to step up my game. I mean, but know, I do, I, I do I a mean, lot. I, of, I do I, some different modalities, though, than you that are like really off the wall, like peptide treatments and glutathione, IV treatments. You do a lot of that stuff that I don't do. Yeah, I get right? into some of the real aggressive, like in the blood type stuff. You're more on the, I'm internal and external. You're all external, it looks like. Yeah, well, so we're you got to step. You got to step, step up your game, then, bro. Got to step it up. Got to step it up. But anyways, <laughs> number three here was looping back to business. Point number three is if you're stuck, stuck in business mostly, go out and find out what your top competitors are doing. But also, doesn't have to be a competitor. What about an enterprise or an organization that you see everywhere, and you're like, man, I love their marketing. I love the way they position their thing. Could be a financial planning company. 
could be a weight loss company. I love what they do on TV. I see their ads on social. I'd really love to emulate the way they're omnipresent with using multimedia. Go deconstruct their business model. Go play prospect there. So I said play prospect with yourself, right, at one point. But now go become a prospect of a business model you really like or that you you want to emulate and get sold to, get pitched, right? You mentioned before the show when we were building our coaching program, we have a private coaching program just for our Pipeline Pro members. Um, we actually deconstructed, I think, two of the biggest private coaching programs out there today, 40, $50 million companies, and we got pitched. And we went through the whole process of yeah, we, we, becoming we a lead, be pitched. getting pitched, watching the webinar, taking the notes and going, getting on what the looks phone, good, yeah, what playing doesn't. with the sales guy a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We even had our top sales guy, our, our lead sales advisor did the same thing. He went through a sales process for a model that we like that's impressive and he became the prospect and let them I mean, you do everything up until buying or unless you want to buy buy i mean even better as you buy and become a customer and get, get inside as well but see that's their a big see their follow-up mechanisms see how they treat their user experience all of those things that's a biggie you can't get better research than choosing a company that you believe is successful and then just documenting everything they do and then overlaying that with what you do and say where are we missing the boat yeah listen two of my mentors Russell Brunson and Dan Kennedy. By the way, Russell Brunson just bought Dan Kennedy's company. There's a whole lineage over here of, of us, right? It's funny. Uh, I was in Russell Brunson's mastermind group in 2014. I was a Dan Kennedy certified business advisor for 12 years. So there's that, that lineage of direct response marketing guys, you know, where we come from, it never dies. It never goes away. It just gets handed off and passed down. And the point I'm trying to make is Russell built click funnels off the term funnel hacking, where you would go right. hack someone else's funnel because it's doing well and it looks great and you want to make it, you don't have to, you don't, he's always said you don't copy it or plagiarize it, but you go hack it, go look at what the good is. How can I apply this to my business? That's funnel hacking, right? Dan used to use the term swipe and deploy, right? So go swipe the best of someone else's company and go deploy it. But again, don't plagiarize it. Maybe if you're in weight loss and you see some really awesome marketing from a lawyer, go swipe some of their concepts and adapt them to your industry. That's really the swipe and deploy concept along with the funnel hacking concept. They're one and of the same. It's a direct response terminology of don't reinvent the wheel, right? If you're stuck, go figure out who's not stuck and go deconstruct what they're up to. Yeah, and, and success leaves clues, right? If somebody's doing well, go look at their how, how it's laid out. What's the messaging like? What's the color scheme like? What's the offer like? What's the, what's the flow like? And, and compare it to yours, you know, and quickly see where you need to make some changes and do some testing, right? So it's one of the easiest ways to figure out why, where you might be off base. But again, another thing that very few do is number one and number three. They rarely become their own prospect to see what they're doing right or wrong. And then they rarely go play prospect to deconstruct what a competitor or somebody that you would like to model is doing. So right Excellent. off the bat with those two things, you're, you're, you're in kind of a in unknown territory. You don't really know what you don't know. You, you, you can't really get better because you're not willing to go do the research and the work to find out why they're doing so well. And you haven't really gone through your process to see the two or three holes that maybe you're not seeing. So that's a big reason why from a business standpoint or a sales standpoint, you might be stuck. And I can tell you, if you just do those two things alone, deconstruct your own process and go play prospect in someone else's process, you will have a two pages of notes of all the things you can do to get better. No doubt about it. There's no way you're going to go through either of those processes and be like, 
everything's fine. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I don't see anything that needs improvement at this point. I'm good. All and is once, good. In and the once you, and once you knock those things out, then go hire somebody with expertise to work on the other stuff and get, get another set of eyeballs on it. Cause they'll see more than you saw. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So kind of keeping it simple today, nothing really too strenuous, but how to get unstuck, how to move ahead, right? We talked about becoming prospect in your process. We talked about number two here, second set of eyes, coaching, consulting, could be personal, could be business, could be personal trainer. Like we talked about, Aaron, a lot of it's physical fitness and a lot of it's business fitness, right? Who can mm -hmm. I hire to come in and sort of free up some maybe mental challenges I'm having, both business-wise, personally, professionally, right? Whatever. That's huge. So you can kind of tell right now, if you don't have a coach or a consultant in your life, you haven't really played prospect. You're not really looking at what your competitors are doing. Like the answer is right there. That's a big, big, big reason why you're stuck is you don't have enough information and you don't have that second set of eyes. And those are the, the little things. I mean, we could go way deeper for hours, but that, these are the little things that if you do, I would think you'd see an immediate result. Immediate. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no question about it. You will. <laughs> it's not debatable. So you, you talked about Jordan in the beginning and, and Scotty Pippen. It brought me to a great book recommendation I want to leave off with here called Relentless by Tim Grover. Did you read Relentless, Aaron? Um, I have not. You it's would been on my absolutely. List. Like I would tell you, and I rarely say this, that I would move that book right to the top to make it your next okay. read. It yep. is the inside story, folks. Of t Tim Grover was a... He was, he was MJ's like, he, like fitness and, and he was, psych coach. But, but it was interesting. He was like a hybrid kind of a consultant. He was a whisperer. Yeah. He yeah. took on Jordan. He took on Dwayne Wade. And he took That's on right. Kobe okay. Bryant. These were his three guys. I mean, at, at the time, they were the three biggest. It, Jordan was obviously a little – there was some overlap. Jordan was – he had Jordan for a while by himself. And what's interesting is the story about how he got Jordan as a client. I mean, can you imagine what that must have been like? Go, go read the book just to see how he got Jordan as a client, the years it took. Okay. Right? But the real key part is what he did to get them unstuck mentally and physically, Aaron, because these guys struggled with themselves more than any other. They struggled with injuries. They struggled with confidence. They struggled with self-esteem. They struggled with recovery. And he was the guy that would come in. This is kind of like what Brady's doing now with Alex Guerrero, his guy, right? It's his whisperer that he brings in on the side. This is who Tim Grover was to the big three, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, and, uh, and Michael Jordan. And it just it's such a deep story. Everything is so detailed on the things he did. He'd be meeting with them at 1 o'clock in the morning after a game when they got home on the plane because you know they were upset because they scored 20 and not 30 and they got in a fight. with it. Like He would help them really get unstuck from a, a mental standpoint. But then there was so much he was doing with them physically as well. And it reminds me of what Brady's doing now. Brady does deep, aggressive tissue work and pliability work and it's painful and stressful and tough and he does it before and after the game and it's one of the reasons he's still playing and playing injury free is these things that these guys do to get unstuck that are way beyond the scope of what's the team and the coaches have them doing is fascinating to, to read and learn about but mostly it's fascinating to see what he did with these three guys i couldn't put the book down because it was so story driven by the way it wasn't just, hey, here are the seven things you want to do to be a peak performer. No, it was, here's how I completely managed Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Dwayne Wade. Like, here's how I was a part of their life. I was family to them, and I was a big, and they all say it, he was a big reason why we played as long as we did. You will love this. 
I'm going to read it. Yeah. You, you, so, you sold me. We'll put it in the resources down below. Relentless uh, by Tim Grover. I saw him speak at an event about two, three years ago as well. Really good book. Really good book. Right. We'll leave you well, with let's that. Let's wrap it up for the day. It's Friday. Wrap it up. Sure everybody's got a couple things they need to knock out before they can check out into their weekend. Let's, let's let them free and thank them for joining and listening to us today. So guys, uh, great one today. SalesVelocityTV.com is all past episodes by video and audio. Obviously, you can take the show on the run. Podcast has become very popular worldwide. Stitcher, Google, Amazon, Spotify. There's probably many more. But that's all over at SalesVelocityTV.com. And if you'd like to watch us live, we're live Every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern in the Sales Velocity TV public Facebook page. We will see you all next week. This one is a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.